It's Friday and it's time for some overlooked stocks. Don't go away just yet. Arguably the most important thing we do every day belongs in the hands of Mr. George Tillis. And that is trying to find underappreciated companies with volatility behind them though, because we have options traders, George, who enjoy companies that swing. So what do you got for us? Let's talk some Blade, which of course is the Uber of the sky. Exactly. Uh, Blade Air Mobility, there's uh, there's actually, just from a bigger picture to start off, there's some activity going on in some of the SPAC names. And this is uh, another one of these names that was a reverse merger via SPAC back in May. But yeah, it was a like great week for day, SPACs. Or, or said, it's the... Sorry to interrupt, yeah, George. It's weird. About it. There's a down market up SPACs. Yeah, it is. Uh, I th yeah, there's an interesting phenomenon happening here. And in fact, it, it ties into our, our, our one of our next stocks too, which is uh, in the, di di the genomic di diagnostic space. I'll, I'll explain in just a sec. But uh, like I, like you said, Uber, Uber to the skies, this is trying to become the leading air mobility uh, platform company. It's basically helicopters, uh, which will eventually include, uh, you know, these uh, sort of UAV types of uh, electric helicopters. But what, what's nice, nice about, uh, uh, Blade, alongside companies like Uber, is is they're very asset-like businesses. So Blade does not actually own the helicopters. They're essentially a technology, much like Uber is, which allows people, of course, to uh, to to sign up for and lease. Uh, or if you want to take a trip, for instance, from Manhattan to Long Island via helicopter, you can do that through Blade Air Mobility. It's uh, effectively, uh, you know, a company that's got sort of a first mover advantage in this space, and it's up quite a bit uh, in the last month or so. It's up over 50 percent. And I think this kind of demonstrates that Blade Air Mobility uh, is actually one of the first mover advantage companies out there. Joby is another one. It's only up about 5%. But what's interesting about it is, is there's traction. And the way, what I mean by this is traction by analysts. There are now four analysts that cover the stock. And recently, JP Morgan got on board. They were actually uh, pretty bullish on the company. Right. Getting it at a, a $16 price Well, that's because their MDs are taking it out to the Hamptons. The four analysts are 15 Exactly, and I think that's uh, you know one of the primary catalysts, especially when it comes down to urban air mobility. I think this is a growing market. It's a niche market, but Blade has the uh, first mover advantage relative to its competitors. There are other competitors out there, but they're not publicly traded, so I could only find another one, which was Joby. Okay, <laughs> Joby. Uh, so, George, is this like a real economy that's emerging, uh, or... Is this uh, just a function of an extremely, uh, uh, you know, extravagant uh, society that uh, is the result of uh, market trading and, you know, the most expensive levels, yada, yada, we all know the gist, yeah. the rich get richer and so they get to fly instead of Uber. Is that what's, I mean, how long, is that what this depends well, on? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, there's no doubt this has uh, been a recovery that hasn't been balanced across the board for all people. It's sort of this, uh, we talked about a K-shaped recovery in the economy. And so the wealthier got wealthier and those who weren't, uh, weren't or did not. So I think there's there's going to be an element of, you know, is this going to be a social trend that catches on much more so going forward? I actually think so. Uh, is Blade one of these companies that is uh, developing roots and, of course, the infrastructure to become uh, the leading, how you know, name brand, if you will, like the Ubers of the world. I, I think so as well. Uh, and then there's also looking at it from a financial standpoint, which is important. Uh, and I think this is why the analysts are are on this stock because if you consider the market cap of the business, it's around 800 million. Uh, it's revenue. Uh, you know, for fiscal Q3 revenue is very low. It's only about 13 million. 
And that was up significantly relative to 2020 uh, revenues, up over 200%, and that's to be expected. But considering 2019 revenues, that was, it was up 73%. So the uh, company's far from profitability, very low gross margins, which has room to grow as a technology company, not as a uh, asset-heavy transportation company, because you got to keep in mind that they're basically putting, uh, putting uh, people who want to fly with uh, third-party helicopter companies. They're, they don't actually own the assets that are underlying. But they're very aggressive in their forecast. Uh, I'll just simplify it real quick. But uh, 2019, they had $33 million in revenue. Going into 26, 2026, the company is expecting close to $900 million in revenue with about a 37% EBITDA margin. And that's an EBITDA margin that is uh, extremely high. That's a technology business level of EBITDA margin. And that's very aggressive. But at the same time, they have a lot of cash on the balance sheet. And I think this is important and why JP Morgan is also very comfortable to give a, a target price and a rating on the stock of about 16, $330 million in cash, considering $800 million mm. in revenue, that gives you a nice uh, support overall for price because of that cash position. Okay, beating Virgin Galactic revenue, right? Which is zero. Yep. So that's a, a step in the right direction. I mean, it's a good chunk of change uh, that they're making, which I think uh, is uh, definitely underappreciated. I mean, I can see why uh, with the incremental news flow around their business, this could start to maybe, uh, you know, uh, get out of the funk that it's been in. I mean, the whole SPAC blow up uh, blade got destroyed in that as it went down from 20 bucks to $6 just a month and a half ago. But this is real uh, fight to break out on the chart from that downtrend. Super interesting. They kind of double bottomed and now the stock trying to break to the upside. So maybe want to watch next week if we get to 12 bucks. And then uh, sky's the limit, perhaps, pun intended. Beat that, Ben Watson. Okay, George, you got another one. Personalis, uh, PSNL is the ticker. Yeah. The shares also have went through a long, long downtrend, then just popped. Kathy yeah. Woods got this one uh, in her business, right? The genomics stock? Yes. So here, let, me, let me just kind of tie the two together. Blade, the SPACs, again, growth-centric based companies. Yeah. They lost their uh, luster early February this year alongside a lot of the ARK Invest companies, including Personalis, uh, which is, again, one of the uh, holdings in her portfolio. And it's actually one of the uh, accumulated stocks she's actually adding to her portfolio. But ah. there is a little bit of a trend happening here for the growth companies in general. And I think, again, the SPACs and Personalis, which is a diagnostics and research company, kind of illustrates that. Again, it's got a lot of room to run to even get close to where it was earlier this year. It's down 38% year to date. But I think diagnostic research, uh, as well as genomic sequencing, database analytics for genomics, and, and what's interesting about Personalis is they actually have a, uh, a very proprietary liquid biopsy-based technology. And all of this is really designed to, of course, uh, do preventative medicine using genomic sequencing and diagnostics, but at the same time, uh, doing biopsies that are less evasive are very compelling for patients, but I think it's also very cost-effective for doctors, hospitals, and insurance companies. So very interesting technology. Uh, a couple things. Uh, Personalis does have uh, a partnership or a collaboration with Sarepta Pharma. It actually serves ah, a lot of okay. industries, which include, of course, biotech, pharma, universities in terms of research and development, nonprofits, uh, other diagnostic companies, as well as government entities. And in fact, for personalists, one of their uh, biggest customers is the U.S. Uh, Department of Veterans Affairs. And I think that's, a, that's also very compelling because they have 
a large government entity is willing to invest in this uh, technological research. Okay, uh, Sarepta is an interesting partner. $7 billion stock used to be a lot bigger uh, before it got blasted at the start of the year. Uh, but uh, okay, so there's real customers and real demand as we've seen. Uh, but uh, again, just uh, that drag from the style factor that it fits into as an investment uh, theme uh, that overall just uh, downward drift. I mean, clearly it's just all the SPACs were just priced absurdly at the start, George. And I guess yeah. uh, you would argue we shouldn't let that, uh, you know, affect our judgment of the underlying businesses. We shouldn't, but here's the thing. And, and I'll add this to, uh, to both these companies. We talk about Blade and their cash position. Personalis also has a very robust cash position. I think this is important huh. because if you're looking to maybe take a stab at some of these stocks which have been significantly uh, cut down this year people even today if you look at some of the sell-off that was going on in a lar in the large cap companies they're very uh, prone to want cash and liquidity so this is the interesting thing about personalis is the balance sheet considering the market cap at around 990 million let's call it a billion they've got about 350 million in cash now at a 40 uh, 45 million annualized burn rate they've got about seven years worth of cash on the books already so i think that's also one of wow. the reasons maybe why there's a little bit of a bid in the stock all right nice like that uh, juicy detail george cash flow positive kind of a rare thing in the spac world uh, sometimes we went through a, a, an all-out sell-off in the entire sector uh the spac group so now we see yeah. what gets picked up in the aftermath right which pieces fit back together and where debris will just to slowly fade away. Uh, George, uh, one more select quote, SLQT, ticker on this one, blasted on earnings, but it's uh, unwound that sell-off back to where it was. The Citigroup uh, says uh, the stock's going to 20 bucks. This is a direct-to-consumer distribution platform focusing on senior health, but it's a financial firm? What is this? No, it's actually a, it's interesting company. Select Quote is the leading online insurance broker. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's it partners with third party insurance companies. It's essentially a, a web based and a mobile uh, app platform that uh, that, of course, brings business to businesses together. In other words, insurance companies uh, to select quote, but also business to consumer. And, and as you mentioned, seniors are the primary uh, revenue drivers for select quote, particularly for Medicare and, and Medicaid uh, Advantage Got it. Uh, policies that they use SelectQuote to, to, of course, shop around for uh, for competitive quotes. The interesting thing about SelectQuote, as you mentioned also, it tanked on earnings. And I think the reason being was is that the expectations were very aggressive uh, as, uh, as given by management. They actually missed the estimates, but despite that, top line sales grew about 31% year over year. But I think uh, the Biden administration seems to be a little bit more favorable on things like what Medicare and Medicaid cover. They're actually uh, looking to uh, potentially have uh, Medicaid cover uh, things like cosmetic uh, dental procedures, for instance. I think that is a catalyst for select quote. But the other thing is uh, they've got a platform and a business and they're now starting to broad out further into other areas competing in the home insurance space, auto insurance space, uh, you know, property and casualty, life insurance uh, as well. And uh, again, uh, looking at select quote in terms of the total addressable market, it has less than 1%. So I think that's perhaps one of the reasons maybe why Citigroup is very bullish on the stock uh, in terms of uh, it have very, having very low total addressable market percent of market right now. The other thing is, is if you look at the, uh, the uh, revenue growth 
relative to the amount of seniors who actually continue to utilize their services, uh, that grew over 100% on a year-to-year -year basis. And ah. the guidance for the full year was actually very high uh, at around 76% year-over-year growth for the wow. full year fiscal 2021, and EBITDA about 67%. So I think what happened is it sold off, and once uh, a lot of the analysts picked up on the fact that the guidance for 2021 was actually very favorable, and after missing a very lofty expectation, they bought it. And okay. it's been up significantly in the last month or so, but keep in mind, it filled the gap. Watch about the 15 area, see if it can, it can break and hold that level.